Welcome in to the American Lean Podcast. It's Friday, so that means we talk with companies on their lean journey. And today, I'm back at Gator Machining and Manufacturing. Now, you've heard from the president and the vice president of manufacturing, but today I'm talking with somebody that's directly within operations. So I'm here with Ashley Osborne, who's been doing a fantastic job supporting the lean efforts here at Gator, and she is the finishing department manager for all their finishing operations. We'll get into the interview right after the intro. Welcome to the American Lean Podcast, where we cover five topics in five days in about five minutes. The only place in the world where you can get daily lean coaching. Your host is Tom Reed, and he shares his 30 years of experience and covers leadership, culture, entrepreneurship, lean methodologies, industry 4.0, and interviews special guests on their lean journey. We're glad you're here. So let's go. So welcome into the American Lean Podcast. It's episode 82. Here I am with Ashley Osborne. Ashley, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at Gator. Well, I manage five departments here at Gator. Most of them are finishing operations. Been in my position only about two years, but I've been employed with Gator for seven. Okay. So when you say finishing operations, what does that include? So that would be any like paint that needs applied to the the parts or a chemical film or maybe it's powder coat part marking silk screening anything like that a part comes to you you guys are either painting it marking it chem filming it or something like that yep we've been on the lean journey here gator for a couple years and one of the first things that we did was a rapid improvement event within your department and you guys at the time had a huge bottleneck within the paint department Can you just tell us a little bit about what went on in that rapid improvement event and what some of the benefits were? So we saw a huge increase of demand from our customers. It all hit us really quickly. Once parts were machined and fabricated and they came over to the uh, wet spray and finishing ops areas to be painted, chem filmed, so on and so forth, it created quite a big bottleneck in the paint department specifically. A lot of jobs got held up there because the process was lengthy. If anything needed to be reworked, it took quite a bit of time to do that. Okay. This is a machine shop, so everything is very much high mix, low volume. So they don't do the same thing over and over and over. And because of that, everything within the different departments is measured in hours. So how many hours do I have of work to complete to get things through this department? So paint was at what at the time? Oh, I would say close to 600. 800 hours. 800 hours. Now, how long, how much of a backlog is that? For backlog, um, easiest way to describe it is a lot of overtime. Okay. So we had to make people, we were asking people to work a lot of overtime so that we could work through that backlog. Is that right? Yep. So tell us what happened in our rapid improvement event that we did. Uh, So what we did is we created flow lines in the paint department. We separated out what our most used paint was and we kind of set it up in different categories. So we had For example, 8277 paint was one category. Light primer, dark primer, any other black paint. Uh, So we could organize it better. We set up grid lines on the floor so they had their IPKs. The painters knew exactly what they needed to paint next. It kept them in the booth. So the prep department who were preparing the parts to be painted were feeding the painters. Okay. And it created more of an in and out system and things would quickly come into paint, but then they would quickly leave paint. Okay. So the painter didn't have to leave the booth. They didn't have to go look for things, right? Yep. And we separated the booths by usage. So we had a light paint booth, a dark paint booth, and then the 8277 paint booth. Yep. 
that meant that they didn't have to change guns between each different type of paint, which reduced the amount of time it took us to change over. So our ability or available work time went up. Yep. What happened in the paint department after that? What happened to the hours? How quickly did it take us to get rid of those 800 some hours of backlog? Oh, it, it was a really quick turnaround. We could get parts prepped and over to paint and out of paint within a day where um, sometimes they may sit as a work in progress for a week or two. Oh, wow. Okay. So we went from 10 days down to a day as far as processing things. Fantastic. Then we started creating a bottleneck in the deep prep area where we are unmasking the parts. So prep was getting so ahead, feeding paint, and paint was processing it so quickly that now the D-prep area could not keep up to get it out. Okay, so what did we do there? So we decided to have a Kaizen event, created flow lines, implemented assembly lines. It was a big change for the operators. It increased our um, efficiency by over 30%. What was it like before we put in the assembly lines? How were they operating? How were they deprepping parts? They each would be on their own individual job. They would work on a part from start to finish. And you may have 10 different jobs being worked on at the same time on a given day. Okay. So we had a lot of whip, work in progress. Nothing was getting completely done start to finish. And then what happened after we put in the flow lines? After we put in the flow lines, we were able to take a job that may have 40 hours that would take to do deep prep start to finish. And we could put multiple operators from they're given experience. If they were not very experienced, they'd do the most simplest task okay. all the way up in the line to the most difficult task. Um, so we were able to attack that job with multiple operators and get it completed in under a day's time. Okay. So we, we basically, if you've been to Subway, you know that they operate things in a flow line. That's exactly what we did in the prep and the deprep areas. So, so tell us about, you talked about putting people in a assembly line. What did the different operations do? So the most inexperienced operator would be pulling the masking or the tape off or the silicone plugs. Maybe they're taking screws out of the part. Okay. Then they'd pass it to the next operator who would be carefully knifing off any excess paint burrs. After they were completed with that process, it would go to the next operator who would do the final touch-up, the very fine detailed work of okay. the part, and 100% visual it for any non-conformities before it got put into what you call a done box. Okay. I went from doing all of that in one person and doing multiple jobs to basically handling one job at a time, doing it in three or four steps. Some of the benefits that we saw were a reduction in rework hours. Can you tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. We saw a tremendous decrease of the amount of rework. We went from 2018 calendar year of 6,300-ish number of hours of rework in that year, which equates to about $365,000 of cost for the company. And just Um, rework, right? And just rework. Yep. Essentially, sometimes jobs two, three times. By implementing those flow lines and assembly lines, each individual is looking over the last person's work. Right. So it helps not only one for training, but you're catching things that one person could miss. So we were able to save the company about $200,000 in rework dollars. Okay. So we went from 6,500 hours down to 2,500 just rework hours from 2018 to 2019, which you know went from $385,000 or went down to about $186,000, which is a savings of about two hundred grand. That's huge. 
that's just the rework cost rate. But what, what happened to the throughput? For throughput, we were able to do more work with less overtime. Okay. By what amount, do you know? So by implementing this, we were able to process 30% more orders with the same amount of people and number of hours flowing through the department. Oh, that's great. So you got a 30% increase in throughput. Yes. So if my company were beginning a lean journey, what advice would you give us? First, you'd want to make sure that all of your leadership, your senior leadership is, is okay. um, fully aligned. And then I would start implementing these lean events, do the Kaizen events, and most importantly, get buy-in from the operators. You've got to show them the data. You've got to show them what they are doing and what the purpose of it is. Okay. Yeah. You know, I always tell people that everybody's from Missouri, right? The show me state. People want to be shown that this is going to work before they fully buy in. And I think that's been very, very true here. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Tell us real quick how we can reach out to you if people have questions, uh, and we'll call it a wrap. Anybody has any questions, you can reach me here at Gator. Uh, my email is aosborne, O-S-B-O-R-N-E, at gator.com. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Have a great one. You too. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we are honored to serve you, and we hope that you and your company are getting a little bit better every day. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with others in the lean and business community. If you'd like to turbocharge your lean efforts, please visit us at AmericanLean.com.